0: Hey folks. Welcome back to the UticaCast. This is episode number 60, and today we are talking with longtime GFOP Andre Short about the upcoming TEDx Utica event. Hey, speaking of TEDx Utica, there are also this week's sponsors. Uh, that's right, this week's episode is brought to you by TEDx Utica, taking place on September 10th from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. at MVCC's beautiful Schaefer Theater. Uh, we recorded live from last year's event. It was a huge success, and this year's event looks to be no different tickets are still on sale but i can guarantee you folks they're going to sell out so if you want to be involved you might as well go to tedxutica.com for all the details right now and join us live september 10th for tedxutica 2016 all right that was a lot of fun you know what else is fun starting the show episode number 60 we're here i love it Uh, just a reminder, folks, you can send us emails, uh, uticast at gmail.com. Send us any mailbag questions. Also, check out our dope website, com for all back episodes of the show and any cool content that we put out between now and then, including that one episode of For the Lads we did, which we'll do another one soon. My brother was asking me about that this it's weekend. Time. No, it's time. The time has come. I'm getting frustrated. So, uh, yeah, that'll be coming up soon. Uh, again, though, com, uticast at gmail.com. Send us some mailbag questions. Uh, sooner than later, I'd like to do another mail bab- mailbag episode. I had a lot of fun with that when we had the mailbag That was questions. fun. That was, that was a lot of fun. fun. I
1: love answering people's questions. Saves you a lot of time writing, too. Yeah. Yeah, all the hours and
0: hours I spend pouring into notes about Stranger Things and Lay's Potato Chips. That's so, pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much it. Uh, before we get into this week's show, which, as i mentioned, is with Andre Short, Uh, making him the first father and son combination to have appeared on the podcast. interesting. Yeah, I've had Rick on, and I'll have Andre on. Uh, Both interesting dudes, very excited. A couple quick announcements before we dig into the show this week. Uh, For anyone who follows Maiden Utica on Twitter, last Wednesday you may have seen a video that went up on MaidenUtica.com with me and Mr. Maiden Utica, Justin Parkinson, and uh, Utica's uh, treasure, Kate Riley. (laughs) And, of course, Mark Simon, our good friend, Dirty Jurors. We were all making some announcements on YouTube, uh, live on Facebook, I'm sorry, for all our new events that are coming up. We had a lot of fun. We did the video very uh, quickly, and we were spontaneous, and it was kind of goofy, and we ended up talking about nonsense, and Tim Shram was there. It was a lot of fun. And then, uh, about 45 minutes after that video went up on Facebook Live. Uh we received a variety of text messages and uh DMs from people sliding through our DMs saying, "Hey, the sound didn't work for any of that." So we wasted a good 45 minutes of content. 45 minutes of solid gold content solid. just to find out that
1: you've got no sound.
0: No content. Uh so very quickly, I'm just going to run through uh, A few of the announcements that were made during that meeting so we can discuss them. Uh, The first one is a new event that we are involved in, along with uh, Made in Utica, the city of Utica, and the Utica City School District. That is the Hannah Park Pokemon Party on August 24th from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. for all you Pokemasters out there. Uh, So we
1: are involved in that.
0: Yeah, despite what people in the media will say about it, even though our name is on the flyer in big letters, says Made in Utica, you would think that people would
1: not ignore that. You would think they would not leave our names out in their coverage of the people putting on this event and putting this together. (laughs) You would think specifically that the responsible journalists that we have here locally would include us when we put together yet another dope event for the city, but that's not the case. Well, they're too busy,
0: you know, doing stuff. They're too busy scrambling to make content. Maybe if
1: Parkinson wasn't such a jerk, they'd be nicer to us.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit of both, I would imagine. Uh, but yeah, so that's going on on August twenty fourth from five thirty to seven thirty p.m. August 24th, you say. Isn't something else going on on August 24th? Yes, it is. It is the last uh, presentation of this uh, summer's Franklin Square film series that'll be immediately following the Poke Party. So go to Hannah Park, catch some Pokemon, uh, and then come down to Franklin Square to watch our free showing of the 1984
1: classic Ghost of Busters. Yeah. It's a why, good did, one. why did you say it like that? I don't know. I was excited. <laughs> Why uh, did you, I mean, you just put on some strange accent. It's I not even know. like an accent from the film, either. Oh, uh, whatever, I don't know. Um, a lot of coffee today for you, I think. I drank a lot of coffee. Uh,
0: so I'm trying to come up with some sort of contest that you can do by winning, but you can win by going to both events. So this is what I came up with. Anyone who goes to the Pokemon party mm. and catches a ghost-type Pokemon and then goes to the Ghostbusters live movie. Is that a thing? Are there yeah, a, that's a is real thing. A
1: ghost type Pokemon a yeah. thing?
0: Yeah, it's a type of Pokemon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm aware of this. I'm very hip. Uh, as you can see. Is that what that is? <laughs> no. Is know. hip knowing all about all the Pokemon? Uh, so if you catch a ghost type Pokemon and then show it to us at the live presentation of Ghostbusters, we will find a dope reward. Maybe I'll buy you popcorn. It's only a buck. I'll buy you a dollar's worth of popcorn. <laughs>
1: For anybody, I think I'm going to have my own contest for this, and it's going to be just my contest. And whoever wins the contest gets to go into your bedroom and pick one item that belongs to them now. <laughs> no, no. Anyone of the no. listeners can just go into, go into Famo's bedroom, pick anything you want, any one item in there, and it's mm. yours if you win the
0: contest. Well, that's a real concern for me sometimes because we do have a lot of stuff that's done out of our house. We do all recording out of here. Our green room is also the living room. So there's always a real concern for me that sometimes people will attempt to steal my book's or uh, snacks out of the fridge, or any of my socks or undergarments from my room. I don't know. A lot of sick people in this world we live in, and a lot of them live upstairs from us, so you never know. Um, but that's no longer going to be a problem because we now are the proud owners, renters, renters. renters so we are
1: not, <laughs> not owners
0: of a uh, of a brand new, made in Utica headquarters, which is where we did our live presentation from. That's right. We're downtown now, folks. We're downtown people. We nice. just. I'm very excited. Uh, it's uh, really nice. It's down on Genesee Street, uh, not too far away from uh, the spot where my unfinished novel opens up—the uh, old Space 26 location. That's where the novel opens up. The unfinished Saint Fambularo novel that no one to read.
1: I don't even know what I'm doing here today. <laughs> I don't
0: even know why I came. We to have this a lot show. of announcements today. I'm sorry, there's a lot going on, but uh, you must be gassed up about headquarters i'm very excited for it's it.
1: you, had, you know having a headquarters for Maiden utica is something we've talked about since the very beginning and we put it off for a long time because you know why we we don't drive Maiden utica primarily as a profit vehicle you know what i mean so we don't always have as much income coming in as we could probably gouge out for so we always want to save the money it's true but it's really gotten to the point where you know we we need a space we need yeah. a dedicated space for all the different things we're doing and it's only expanding it's only getting bigger now and so I'm really excited to have sort of a downtown. Sometimes I think that it's easier to work when you're not working at your house. Yeah. There's a lot of distractions, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of different things, like, like you said, like your books or your snacks in the fridge or your socks and undergarments. Like, um,
0: Well, here's the thing. I've gone back and forth on both of these subjects, right? Um, sometimes I think there... There's a positive, obviously, to getting out of your house during the day and going to an office space. Because no matter what, no matter how much of a an at home worker, a, a solo productive worker you are, something about working out of your house puts a little bit less—I uh, don't know what the word is—a little bit uh, less urgency about working from home. For yeah. some reason, it seems like right. You're like, well, I can get up and make coffee. I don't necessarily have to do this right this exact second. Whereas if you go to an if you go to the office or you go to the the headquarters, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it puts a little bit of impetus on you to get more work done as you're there. You seem like you're out of the house. That being said, from the podcasting perspective, I've gone back and forth on whether or not we'll start doing the podcast live out of, or not live, recording them out of the headquarters. I've, the only reason I bring it up is I've had a lot of people over the 60 episodes, I can't believe 60 episodes, over the 60 episodes I've had a lot of people who have been kind of, into the fact that we do it out of the house. A lot of people who are used to doing professional-style, like, studio space interviews who appreciate the sort of uh, environment and atmosphere that this allows us. I don't necessarily think that's a good enough reason for us to not move over, but it is something I'm going to miss is the weird dynamic you have sitting in the living room drinking coffee with somebody, having a conversation that you might lose when you take it out into a larger studio-type space.
1: Well, I think one of the things that will be really helpful for us here with the Uticast going down there is... We've toyed with having a bunch of like separate microphones yeah. and more gear and more yeah. setup and stuff like that. And it's something we've kind of shied away from, I think, because the to set up and take down that stuff every mm-hmm. Monday when we tape would be a huge hassle, but we don't want to leave it out in the dining room because we also have to dine, you well, know what also, I mean? And other things like that. The other option would be to just build a studio in the house, which then sort of turns
0: one room into our yeah, full-time know, studio. It's like, all right, well... Okay, I guess, but what if we leave here? We got to take down this whole studio again. And I guess, it does, I guess it doesn't. It goes both ways, but I like it. I'm very excited. I actually like the location. It's got a really nice view. Surprisingly, even though for where the location it's Beautiful. in, it has a really nice view. Um, well, that's it. That's all the notes we have for this morning. Let's uh, let's get into this week's show. Proper. Anything you want to say before we get into the topics?
1: Um, let me see. I don't know. I feel like I've got so many things to say here been saving them all up but i can't remember a single one of them so we might as well just dive into the notes here right. oh and one last thing uh we're not talking about it today
0: but coming up september 10th uh downtown get down another maiden utica event we're involved in a lot of stuff going on a lot of stuff lot of stuff going on so go to maidenutica.com check out all the events coming up we'll be back with the show in just a moment going on i'd be too busy to feel the way that i do uh sometimes being busy doesn't necessarily stop you from living life and that's why i'm glad cliff montoni's here my uh my buddy my pal nice to see you again welcome back how you been buddy fantastic Mm.
2: it's been a great week yeah yeah
0: very good yeah yeah, why should we've been so great
2: uh i'm still here
0: doing the show doing the show Yeah, yeah um what I'm kind of getting at here is uh, something we've I've talked a little bit around on the show before, uh, and the reason I don't talk a lot about depression on this show, which is what we're going to talk about for just a couple minutes, uh, is a lot of times I have a hard time quantifying what it means to be depressed or to suffer from depression. Uh, I don't think that most people who meet me in general would find me to be a depressed person. Although I think Kev, you probably know more than anyone. You've known me longer than anybody. I probably have. Various signs of depression that you wouldn't notice unless you've known me for a long time. Um, and basically, what my concern is here is I have, a, I have a hard time getting out exactly what it means. And I know that there are probably other listeners out there or other people out there who listen to the show who either silently or openly suffer with depression and the bouts of panic attacks that it brings on. So uh, this week, uh, I have been going through a pretty gnarly, uh, pretty gnarly battle with depression. Uh, It's been getting me good this week. I don't exactly know why. Sometimes it's hard to to determine exactly what it is. Sometimes it'll just be a little thing. It'll be a shift in a feeling in your brain sometimes. Uh, But I I found a way to, to verbalize it today. And the words that I came up with were existential dread. It's not a feeling of sadness. It's not woe is me. It's not like my life is so bad. But you get this creeping feeling of existential dread that seeps its way into everyday life and sometimes uh, I don't know if I consider myself a smart person intelligent person but I'm sometimes I think if you are a smart person or an intelligent well-read well-thought-out person it gets it's easy for it to get worse because it's very easy for me when I'm feeling depressed to just go to this place where it's like well it doesn't matter if I don't do anything because the world is shit and all the people are terrible and everything about it is all going to be uh, forgotten in 20... Who cares? Like, what does this one day matter? And it's a bad place to be in. Uh, and I don't know if you have any... Th- Cliff, I know you have thoughts about this, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's... Uh, so, let's see. This is Tuesday. So, it's actually birthday week for me, uh, which is dreadful. Yeah? Uh, yeah. I'm not a big birthday person. Uh, I don't like birthdays or New Year's. And they're like the two days a year where I feel like it's a summation of like what you've done over the past year where you have to reflect. And anytime, I mean, just I'm naturally a critical person, so anytime those two, two things come up, that type of reflection generally gears towards the negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that that's part of it is uh, it's really based on your perspective. And if you focus purely on the negative, uh, it's really easy to fall into that hole. And uh, I have this thing where... I really like being critical of myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love that. That's it's like important my favorite. to be critical
0: of yourself. Yeah. Or to have a self-awareness about being yeah. aware of your faults and your problems and your concerns. But yeah,
2: yeah. But it can go too far. Yes. Um, and you can become hyper critical of yourself. And I think that I overcompensate by mm-hmm. being like really generous and, and like as nice as possible and polite to other people, uh, because just quietly on the insides, I'm ripping myself to shreds for like just like the most minute silly mm-hmm. things, um, and that that kind of thing, if left unchecked, definitely will impact your mood short term and long term. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think um, one of the things you you, you know you touched on it a minute ago, Sam, is. When it comes to you know the issue of depression, like there's the there's the caricature of it that you see yep. like displayed in like TV and movies where it's like you know just where somebody's just sad and down, but it can manifest itself in a lot of different ways for people. It yes. wears many different masks, and I think it's uh it's tough for some people don't even realize what it is. They're just like yeah you know I've been feeling off or I just have no motivation or I just don't care or like I'm just so like bored or this and that. And a lot of that really when it boils down to it is depression. And I think there's a part of you sometimes that feels kind of bad for saying, like, oh, I'm depressed because there's so many people who have it, you know what I mean? Like, so much more worse people who are, like, completely debilitated by it. And that keeps that cycle going because you're like, well, what the hell am I complaining about, really, when it comes down to it, you know what I mean? But I think it's important to give some credence to the fact that it can come on to people in many, many different ways. Uh, I'll give you
0: an example. Uh, For me, when I think about having a a bout of depression, what I'm actually talking about is I get panic attacks. Um, panic attack is a weird thing to define as well. Uh, I feel disoriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to have these, again, I go back to the term I I, I felt comfortable with, existential dread. Uh, I'll give you a good example. Last week, I was sitting watching uh, TV. It was a Tuesday. I just happened to have the day off. I'm not working. Um, podcast was up, so it was kind of like, Tuesday's always my, like, Take a breath from the podcast day, and I was just sitting down, and I, all of a sudden I was overcome with this feeling of paranoia and dread that I had forgotten something important, right? And I have a lot of stuff other going. I have a lot of other stuff going on outside of the podcast that had probably been bringing me down anyway. Uh, but I felt this urge that I had forgotten something, some, and I couldn't pinpoint exactly what it was. And I spent hours that morning, pretty much doing nothing but sitting around trying to determine what it was i forgot and when i did figure out what it is i forgot which i think was like i forgot to check my emails for something for work right right but i'm not sure if that was really what i forgot or if i was just in a place where i was so paranoid and dreading reality and life that i was looking for something wrong and the email was the first thing i could find that i was like oh that that was it if i just thought of this or i mean like uh, and it's a very frantic thing um it's not easy to find solutions for, either, though, because even if you're thoughtful about it and you understand that you're having these moments, it uh, doesn't necessarily
1: mean you can fix them. Everyone can give good advice, but it's hard to, right. It's hard to actually take advice. Do you know yeah. what I, mean? I think one of the things that, one of the things that I found, um, something I had struggled with, you know, we went through at the end of 2014, into the first bunch of months of 2015, uh, we went through a lot of stuff with my family. We yeah. lost a lot of relatives who were really close in, you know, machine gun fashion, just one after the other over a course of like, you know, probably six months, Mm -hmm. eight months all told. And the the thing you were saying, Sam, you were talking about how, you know, sometimes you just get this overwhelming feeling of like something's wrong, something, what am I forgetting? It was really hard for me and it's still really hard for me, you know, even a year and a half or so later Mm -hmm. to get your mindset out of that, like out of crisis mode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'd still sort of, every time I get a phone call from somebody that I'm not directly expecting, I'm expecting terrible news. Anytime I hear them, it's like, waiting for something to happen yeah. because you get so used to being in crisis mode that it's tough All to right. take a deep breath and relax and be like, okay, everything's fine. Yeah. And then so you sit there and you get over and over in your head about it and you pick it apart and you just sort of dig yourself a hole yeah. with it. And that's something that, you know, even, like you said, when you're cognizant of it, mm. like, you know it's happening, but you still can't just turn it off. Part of what's really interesting too is that like this is something that I've dealt with for a really long
2: time. So we're yeah. talking like 13 years old until I'm now almost yeah. 31. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've had treatment for it um of all kinds and I have, you know, my education, I have a bachelor's in psych and I'm very aware of it and I, you know, pay attention to all the signs and all the symptoms. Um but what I've found is that I have built a false personality around mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. to compensate and so yeah. like when you ask me how i'm doing like i'm giving you the answer you need sure you know of i'm course. not giving you the truth like i'm giving you the answer no one wants the truth yeah though, exactly yeah to i told the somebody the truth the other day
0: Truth is hard.
1: <laughs> Honesty and the truth are hard for people. Yeah. It's not,
0: it's not chill
1: to, no. to talk about that. Well, I it think a lot be, of it, I know, but I think a lot of it, too, is when people ask you the question, like, oh, hey, man, how you doing? They're not, like, that's not really a question think, a lot of so times. You yeah, it's just one of those things you say to somebody and you mm-hmm. see them, like, hey, how are you? Yeah, hey, but, how are you? Yeah, I think that kind of perpetuates the problem, though. Sure. The
2: fact that you can't answer it. Honestly, I'm pretty sure I told him I was... uh Broke, unmarried, and childless
1: was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was what I... And I don't know if they really expected so one, that. one bad thing, two good things. That's, that's everybody said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um,
0: so I don't... One of my other big concerns about bringing this up beforehand, really, in in this manner, uh, is I don't have solutions for people because uh, things like this tend to be very insular and very specific to each person. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's hard to find, quote-unquote, like, easy solutions or, or cover all, like, blanket solutions to things like this or feelings like this. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things I like to do is I try to—again, I—some people find balance in religion. If you're the kind of person who finds uh, balance in religion, that's, that's fine. Uh, for people like me who don't necessarily find balance that way— I have to think about things in a different way. And one of the ways I think about life, and you can take this for what it is, I think about life as an algorithm, right? Uh, And it moves at this algorithm all the time, and we exist in it. Uh, Sometimes the algorithm is moving down, and things are crummy. And sometimes the algorithm is moving upward. Just naturally, things are sometimes going good and going bad. It's just life, right? The best advice I could ever give is when it feels like things are going down, to not to do everything you can to tread water, right? Do something to keep yourself from getting dragged all the way down. Whatever that is for you, uh, you can find that in your own place. For me, uh, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, The other side of that coin is when things are going up, when things are on the upside of the algorithm. And things will get to the upside of the algorithm because that's the way it works, in my opinion at least. When things start to move back up, you shouldn't coast and allow those things to just go. You should keep moving up while things are moving upward so that eventually, as time goes on over days and weeks and months and years and whatever, decades, you gain enough positive momentum to where the downside of the algorithm doesn't hurt you the way it does right. when you're unprepared for it. Now, again, this is a concept that's easy to just sit here and talk about. It's not easy to put into practice in your own life. But that's something I've always brought up that sort of makes me... Uh, it helps me put this all into perspective, at least on my end. So, I don't know. Uh, the other one is, uh, and I just want to throw this out, is if you have some sort of creative outlet, that tends to be an important aspect as mm-hmm. well. Uh, one of the things I really stressed out about during this period of having a panic attack is like, why am I not doing more stuff? Why am I not playing music? Why am I not writing my novel? Why am I not doing more music stuff? Why am I not doing more? It's just, your mind gets frantic and you need a direction Right? Uh, so what I did this week is I listened to a lot of music. I haven't listened to a, a lot of music lately. Music used to be a very important part of my life. Uh, and over the last couple of years, because of podcasting and whatever, it's sort of become sort of just things you play in the background. when People are over. It's not as... I don't even listen to it in the yeah. car as much as I used to. I just... I, just, I right. don't know if I... I don't know if I just took that part of my life and is like, this isn't as important as everything else. I'm just going to cut down the amount of time I listen to music. Right? I spent the day listening to a song called Sons and Daughters by the Decemberists, which if you've never heard, is a very beautiful song, uh, and it got stuck in my head all day, and I spent most of the day thinking about it and listening to it, and I tried to go learn it on guitar, and I sat around, and I played it, and by the end of the day, I sort of felt, not better, but I felt more in control of myself and my thoughts and my emotions.
1: Well, I think, you know, you said uh, something interesting when you were talking about how you, like, if you have a creative outlet or you have to go do something yeah. when you're, like, you know, in sort of a tailspin. I think a lot of times what it stems from is when you're when you're not doing anything or when you're doing the same thing every day, you know, you're working a ton, you're coming home and all of a sudden every day is looking exactly the same. Mm. That's I think doing almost anything helps to pull you out, just do something productive, get out and just get something done. You know what I mean? I think a lot of it comes from boredom and I think when you're a person of a certain mind and a certain mind type Um, boredom will just lead to you overthinking and dissecting everything, you know what I mean? Like when every day gets to be exactly the same, sometimes it can be, you know, just gets into this perpetuating cycle where you're like, when's, you know, what's the last thing I've really done besides go to work and like do the minimal amount of stuff required at home to stay alive, you know what I mean? Like, and so I think, you know, sometimes when you get in a mood, it's just, you know, it's as simple as like, you know, take a day and, you know, go out, go for a hike or, Play music or do mm. something For that you like to do. Yeah, do anything, take you know care of I mean? yourself. Even yeah. go—I mean, go You'll, go clean your bathroom, scrub yeah. the bathroom from top to bottom. At the other day, you can look and be like, "Here's what I did today." Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's just—it's do something. Yeah, do because something I think that you that's like. a lot of what it is. To, in order to fight it off, you're not going to reason your way out of the way that you're feeling because you already know. You know what I mean? There's nothing you can tell yourself that you don't already know. In a lot of these situations, you have to just physically go do something to kind of fight your way out instead. Absolutely, yeah, um,
2: and. For all sorts of physiological reasons, I mean, exercise is a huge one, mm-hmm. and not everybody loves to exercise. I understand that, but I guarantee you, mm-hmm. like being depressed, a lot less. Uh, so.
0: de- it's not even that though. It's anything like for yeah. you. It's this. But, uh, no, yeah, no, yeah. no,
2: no, no. Physiologically, oh, the yeah, chemicals yeah. in your brain change yeah. when you exercise. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, and I'm sure that there's probably something to be said for you know playing guitar, playing piano, writing a
0: song, like mm-hmm. very similar but immediately any type Mm -hmm. of exercise. But I guess what I mean, though, is exercise is a broad term. It doesn't... A lot of people don't like to go to the gym and work out, but you can find other ways to To exercise exercise. as well. I mean, it doesn't have to be squats. It's always my my go-to. Nobody wants that. Yeah, Yeah, go Um, for a hike is such a great one. Yeah. Uh, And I'll tell you, you know... uh, and for me, I just want to thank all you listeners out there because for me, this this whole process, this whole podcast and this whole weird weekly thing is how I help to collate the feelings in my brain and help keep my depression at bay sometimes. And it's worse than it gets worse and better again. It all goes with the algorithm. Sometimes it's worse, yeah. sometimes it's better. Yeah. But when it's worse, if you're more aware of it and you can keep your head straight, it will get better and when things get better, you maybe you've learned something from it. Yeah, I mean, so, learn a new habit. Uh, you know? And if and look, if there's anyone out there who's listening who you know feels the same way or sort of relates, again, send us an email, Uducast@gmail.com. Yeah, um, all day. You know, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't have no. as much advice as like a professional. Hey, but, go to one. By the way, yeah, man, doctors That's are great. Pretty awesome. Yeah, uh,
2: it, probably one of the yeah. best experiences of my life. Just yeah. going to therapy yeah. in general, even if you're a it's relatively for you. healthy human being. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go to a therapist and work on goal setting. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't
0: have to have a mental yeah. illness to go to a therapist. It's just a beautiful experience. In the upcoming interview with Andre Short, uh, we actually talk about that a little bit, talking about how the brain is a muscle, and it's important yes. sometimes to flex that muscle on occasion to make sure it's still working. It's not, you know... People think of your brain is a computer and not a living No, thing it's very much a head. muscle. Yeah. All right. Uh, that was good, guys. Anything else we want to touch upon with this? No, I think I'm going to riff yeah. some more
2: on thought errors maybe yeah. we'll do a little addendum I do another one? No, yeah we'll do an addendum and i'll addendum. sit down in a
0: little bit right. and, and we'll talk about thought errors and see like if it. anybody likes it i like it very good very good um all right so let's get to this week's interview uh but before we do time to read some uh, some ad copy guys this week's episode of the Uticacast is brought to you by ted utica taking place on september 10th from 12 p.m to 5 p.m at mvcc's beautiful schaefer theater uh kev you were there with us last year when we did the live uh event we podcasted yeah, live. it was a great time yeah it was an awesome time it was a huge success and this year's looks to be no different um i'm gonna tell you right now there are tickets still available it's first come first serve um talked to Ryan Miller. I've talked to Andre. We were there last year. It's going to sell out. No it, question. It's going to. It just does. That's what it does. Uh, go to TEDxUtica.com for all the details and join us for Utica 2016. Okay. Uh, this week's interview uh, marks the first time we've ever had a father and son combination on the show. Rick Short was on the, uh, on the podcast a while back. I don't remember the episode number exactly. Sorry. Terrible editing work on my part. Uh, but yeah, Andre, his son... Uh, Andre is a teacher at, uh, at uh, Frankfurt Schuyler High School. He told me it's very important to add both Frankfurt and Schuyler. People get annoyed if you don't it's say a, that. It's a new thing now, yeah. 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 Uh, and he's also an organizer for the TEDx Utica event, so that ties in very nicely. Uh, and we had a really, really nice conversation, long conversation. Much like his father, mm-hmm. he is a very uh, smart, commanding presence, and he has a lot to say. And um, it was a good time. So let's get into the interview with Andre Short, and we'll be back in just a moment.
3: Very clean shaven, I feel like. Yeah. Is the beard a newer addition? <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh well like I couldn't grow a beard for the longest time. Yes. Uh yes, so you know, that. like I i graduated high school and then like I got like under the neck mm-hmm. and like the sideburns. Oh yeah. The chin strap's very popular. I never had one. I dislike <laughs> it. Uh but that's generally the pattern that most people can grow mm. first. As a Middle Eastern guy, I've noticed that my beard doesn't get long so much as
0: it gets thick under the neck. Yeah. I, I kind of wish I had that ability to get the longer beard. It doesn't, right. doesn't work the way I, I want it to. Yeah,
3: well, it's summer now, and uh, <laughs> I get to do whatever I want, you know? Like, uh, it was tough going to graduation parties. Like, hey, I'm I'm your child's teacher, uh, but, you know, I look like a homeless man. <laughs> well, you're an English teacher. That's okay. They, someone would expect that. Yeah. And if you if were I a... was a professor, like, definitely.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you were, like, high... Yeah, you can do whatever you want, I think, if you're right. high enough level. You can just be, like, an old-timey professor, yeah, right? Yeah,
3: yeah. So, I did uh, No Shave November, and... Mm. Uh, You know, some of the other teachers participated in that. Um, But I think this is since, like, February that I just kind of... You know, I trim it, but... uh... This is the only time of year that I sometimes
0: question my decision of... I've had a beard... I've had this beard for so long. I I never shave it off. Very, very, very rarely ever do I... I almost did for the Jaws video we were gonna shoot that never happened. Right. But in general, yeah, I don't shave my beard off. But yours comes back so quickly, you know? It does come back very quickly. But the summertime I do understand. I'm like, man, it'd be nice if yeah. I just didn't have to deal with any of this. Well everybody
3: says that to me like especially women, like uh, like don't you get hot with that, you know, in the summer. <laughs> don't you wanna shave it off? I say, yeah, but you know, like you don't shave your head in the summer. Yeah. You know, like you're like you're trying to achieve a certain look, you're trying to do something, so that's what it is. He doesn't bother me so much.
0: Generally it's people will ask me doesn't that itch? To which yeah. I generally said, like, not after, like, day two. You, you know, right. just don't generally you get itch. to a that's point, a, and then you're done. That's a myth. All right, so yeah. now, that we, now that we've gone two minutes on facial hair, right. uh, I might as well introduce you here. We have Andre Short. Uh, he's one of the organizers for the upcoming TEDx Utica event taking place on September 9th uh, at MVCC's, uh, is it the Jorgensen Center? Uh, it's it?
3: Schaefer Theater. Schaefer Theater. Yep, Schaefer theater. It's an the IT Absolutely. building.
0: Uh, yeah, which is the main theater I think of when I think of right. the theater at MV. I don't know why. Yes. I don't, yes. Know, I don't yeah. know why. Um... But it's a pleasure to have you here. I have a uh, a quick note to tell you. You are, you now officially make this the first time we've ever had a father and son oh, yeah. on the show yes. uh, over a period of time. Your, your dad, I met him a while back. Yep. Matter of fact, I want to say I met him at another event at MVCC. Okay. And what I appreciated the most about your dad is he was definitely down to do the interview because we could not find a room. Mm-hmm. So we spent... Fifteen minutes together in basically a storage closet, and okay. he was just like, "Yeah, fine,
3: no big deal." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he's a pretty good, gu- uh, good guy. You know, easygoing. And uh, I listened to the interview, and it's nice, uh, nice to get on here after him. Can I tell you, he, uh, your dad, is a
0: great guy. And mm-hmm. I have to say, uh, I started a new job at one of the local colleges around here, and he went out of his way because uh, he's involved with the college to to have nice words for me, and right. I was very, very. I appreciated that a lot from him, especially because uh, maybe you'll laugh, at this, but this is not. When I first sat down with your your dad. He intimidated me. Mm-hmm. He's an intimidating guy. I think yeah. it's because he's so smart and so well-spoken. Yeah. That I, it sort of made me question. Like
3: when I, was, I was like, I can't tell if I should even say what I'm going to say. Because right. I feel like his answers. Well, he's, uh, <laughs> he's very intelligent, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I think also being bald... Mm. helps that intimidation, really? you know, you, when you look at them, it's, uh, there's something about being bald, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm gonna be there one day, so I can, uh, grow as no much one. hair as I can now.
0: Uh, well, I think that's a good way to start here, uh, let's start
3: a little bit with you, uh, you know, I met your dad, but were, were you born in the area, your region? regional? Yep. Yeah, 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 uh, it was, uh, St. Luke's or St. E's, yeah, St. Uh, right in Utica, I grew up in Whitesboro. Whitesboro, so yeah. you, you've been in the same location pretty much most of your life? Yep, yeah, uh, here in this area, live in New York Mills with, uh, Jordan, my wife now, mm-hmm. and, uh. What yeah, you we love go, it. Did you go to White'sboro High School? Yep. West yeah, Westboro I High did. I uh, went to MVCC first two years. Uh, it gets a bad rap because it's a local college, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a fantastic college. No, I stand behind that, and I'll tell you why. Um, even though I don't work for them anymore, uh, I went to Proctor,
0: mm-hmm. uh, which at the time, if you were in the top 40, if you're graduating class, you yep. got the opportunity to go to MVCC yeah. for free. Yeah, it's like 10%. I-, I wish more kids... In my graduation or my graduating class, had mm-hmm. either taken advantage of this or taken mm-hmm. it more seriously. Yeah. Because in general, what you get with the top forty is well, they're the top forty. So yeah. yes, they can go to MV for free, right. but they could almost presumably go somewhere else for free and say, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the group of people who were actually taking advantage of it were guys like me, yeah. who inherently, I could admit, my schooling and education interest at the time was very minimal. Yeah. I had, Same uh, you with know me. what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just a shame because it was a nice program and mm-hmm. I, it's a shame that I didn't think more people didn't take advantage well, of it. Yeah.
3: It's interesting for me to see it from both sides because when I was in high school... I, you know, I got Bs. I was all right, but yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really apply myself that much. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I tell my students all the time, like, start doing it now, and you know, get the mm. head start. But MV is a fantastic place to start. Uh, I know a lot of my friends, especially when we graduated. You were 2004. I was, I was 2004. Yeah. I was 2006. So yeah. when we graduated, we didn't really know what was coming. Mm. And like, for our friends to graduate with you know 60, 80, 100 thousand dollars in debt, mm. and then there'd be no job. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's really tough. So uh, it's a good place to start. Before we get too far into the TEDx thing, I actually want to bring up. I was watching.
0: One of my big reasons I love the TED program in general mm-hmm. is uh, I'm a big fan of Ken Robinson. Are you familiar with Ken Robinson? Yeah. 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 Uh, Ken Robinson did a conversation that wasn't too far off and that. I ended up getting sidetracked while doing work today watching an interview yeah. about him. Uh, I just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's scary now because the idea was always go to school, go to college and you'll get a job. Mm-hmm. And now it's go to school, get a degree. You'll be better off than someone who doesn't have yeah. a degree. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean you won't Regret spending 50, 60, 80, however much thousand dollars on your lifetime for something. It's not a guarantee anymore.
3: It's scary. Well, the thing that I tell my students now, you know, as a a teacher, um, I say... You, if, you're, if you're going to college, you know, great. And I think the, the, there's a huge push of, like, everybody has to go to college. Yeah. And uh, I was a strong believer in that. But now that, you know, I'm older and I see a bit more, I, I don't think that that's, that's so much true. Mm. Um, and one of our speakers is actually going to be talking about the, the necessity of trades. I'm working with him, which mm. we'll get to. But um, the, the thing with that is I tell my students, you know, four years from now or five years from now or however long it takes you to graduate – i always thought it was you go to school for four years you graduate you get a job and (laughs) your life's great but you know i have friends that are at mv for four years and you know still getting their degree but whatever happens at the end of it you're gonna have a degree and some other guy's gonna have a degree Mm -hmm. and you're gonna show up with the same piece of paper the same credentials and they're gonna interview you and ask you these questions and they might say like hey try this and this is a this is a big thing with my students. I tell them when they're signing up for classes, everybody goes to rate my professor. Oh, this professor is easy, yeah. so everybody signs up for that person. I right. say, don't do that. And it was I, I think it would be tough for me to take my own advice at that time sure. because you know the the mind of a seventeen or eighteen year old student is is a lot different. And, of course, uh, I definitely was. But oh, yeah. uh, I tell them, you're going to show up to a job with the same piece of paper. Mm. It matters what you can do. If they say, hey, uh, do this problem or this whatever it is for the job, real-life application, and then the person interviewing is going to say, like, okay, you did this well, you did that well, whatever the outcome is, Take the courses that are going to challenge you. Yeah. Take the the opportunity to get better. Yeah. Struggle with something. You know, get a C in a class. Get a get a B when you're an A student. Take the hard teacher that's going to challenge you. Because when you're done with that, you're going to have the skill set and the knowledge that's so much greater than somebody else with the same on paper credential. Well, uh,
0: a, a tie back to the Ken Robinson thing. How do we divide kids today in mm-hmm. in, in education? It's based yeah. on age, right? Like date yep. of manufacture is what he exactly. He, you know, it's like, but age and development are not inherently tied together. Yeah. I have two nieces and two nephews, right? My nephews are in the same age range. Are exactly they born within 2 weeks of each other. Yeah. But they are at completely different cognitive and developmental levels for yeah. what interests them, what they're interested in and what they get excited or disinterested in. Yeah. So you could almost look at them and say it doesn't seem like they're in the same grade yeah. even though they are because mm-hmm. it's really not about their age yeah. but that's just the way the system is built and that's so, tough because yeah. it's a
3: system that's been around for you know hundreds of years and that's mm-hmm. what it is and and if you look at uh, any person that, at their age you know middle school girls get taller yeah. sooner you know uh, whatever physical size somebody is mm-hmm. is the same as how their brain develops. Sure. And it's not a ratio, you know, if this person's taller, they're smarter, but Mm. that's a good analogy that I try to showcase that. Mm. You Mm. could be the tallest person, the shortest person, the widest person, whatever, you're developing differently. It's the same thing with the brain. Just because you're 13 years old doesn't mean that you're in eighth grade, you know, Uh, doesn't mean that you have to be five foot one.
0: I think people forget that your brain is a muscle that needs to be constantly worked out and not left to just languish and pass off. And that's, and it's scary to me that, you know, I go see my nieces and nephews enough to know that if they're at the house and they're quiet, it generally means they're in front of an iPad or yeah. they're yeah. being distracted by what is easily the most distracting, like, generation we've ever had. There's yeah. so, is yeah. we're overwhelmed with information. Yeah. And especially for a 13, 14-year-old kid, to take all this information from the outside world and to have them they're going to get distracted. And to get mad at them for being distracted yeah. is yep. kind
3: of like... Yeah. W-
0: adults well, are distracted. You know well, I mean? you were <laughs> talking
3: about the uh, last week's program, you were talking about uh, cell phones in classrooms. Cell phones in classrooms, yeah. And, you know, like, you go to the the business world, it's not like, hey, businessman, put your phone away, you know? And uh, it's it's kind of different because, as you guys yeah. were saying, like, it's this huge issue that we've never had to deal with before sure. to be distracted like that. Um, so that's, that's kind of an issue. And I also saw recently that some schools said... Uh, there was like a, a sign on the front of the building that said, if you're here to drop off something for your student that they forgot, like, go home. You're mm. not helping them. You're not teaching them. Uh, mm. But like, I've forgotten things. You oh, know, like, like it would be cool day. if I showed up at work and like, oh, I forgot my notebook at home. Like, it would be cool if somebody could bring it to me. You know? <laughs> That's an, that's an adult problem. There, there are a lot of things that, uh, you know, you go to restaurants now, and you see kids, and they just put the iPad in front of them, and it's like, okay, be quiet, watch this, and oh, yeah. that's it. Well, it makes me laugh. I, you know, I work at the college campus, but I also work off
0: campus. I worked at one of the high schools. Mm-hmm. So inherently, my boss works in a different building than me. Yeah. I need to have my, if I don't have my phone on me during the day, right. yeah. that's yep. bad business for yeah. me. So it's tough for me to see a kid Playing Pokemon Go in the hallway, mm-hmm. bumping into people, and being like, "Hey, put that phone away." Yeah. When on in reality, my phone is on top of my moleskin, on top of my bag, and I'm right. like, "All right, well, wait a second. Yeah. Don't get go off your phone, but wait here. I got to check something on my email real right. quick." So, yeah. it's a strain because kids pay attention. Like yeah. for as much as kids are not fully developed in the way that they can understand mm-hmm. opportunities or what having a cell phone in class actually means, yeah. right? Yeah. But they do see and repeat. Right. So it's tough to be get off your phone while
3: yeah. I'm on my phone, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's and that's something that you know, like I'll uh, I'll really want to check a text message here. Oh right? yeah, and uh, you know I don't, and I think that that leading by that example because uh, you know you hear these stories of other teachers who are on their phones mm-hmm. the whole class and and whatever, and it's different. It's a it's a very difficult issue, you know, study halls versus classrooms, and uh, I think a majority of it is because students are usually using their phones to yeah. you know not focus on the lesson. Yes. And, uh, and I tell them all the time, like, it's tough when we only have 40 minutes to sit in this period to try to learn whatever we are or continue on to this or work on that. And, like, I get it. You get distracted. You want to check something or, or come back to it. Yeah. And um, it's a great tool for learning. It's awesome to be able to, you know, get on and, and look at whatever. But uh, a lot of times it is a distraction.
0: I appreciate you referenced something from last week. A lot of people
3: don't do that. Yeah. But um, it's, I'm glad you brought it up because during – when I was reading through the
0: articles about this – One of the things I looked up is, well, what's the other side of this argument? Is there a way to make cell phones more useful in class as opposed to making them banned, right? Like, instead of going the other way, can you find a way to make cell phones work for you in the class? And in college classrooms, it seems like you can. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who recorded lectures or record classes and things like that. Or there's a lot of note taking programs, but at a certain level, under a certain, like, once you get to high school, middle school, that's not kids aren't going to use it for that. I just yeah. know what kids... I, I remember what I was like. I would yeah. not have done
3: that. Yeah, well, <laughs> you yeah, well, we were talking about last week, like, all the things that you used to do instead of using cell phones, yeah. and there were some things that I could add to that list as well, but... Uh, <laughs> well,
0: it, but, but the, the point I was making is it wasn't as though kids were any less distracted back mm-hmm. then. It was just that right. they were less...
3: What was ...stimulus. It? Yeah, what were do? they yeah. doing? Yeah. yeah, But not well, yeah, it's so easy. Like, uh, you know, all summer, they can pick up their phone whenever they want and do whatever they want to. Yeah. And, but the thing is, like, if you are somewhere and somebody's giving a, a speech, or somebody is, uh, you know, it's uh, in church, or you know, a movie, as we talked, sure. as you guys talked about, and I talk about with my friends all the time, uh, like, like, just you know, be in the moment. If you're if you're going to a movie to watch a movie, watch that movie. I would, I get. Furious. Yeah. When I see, I don't know. I like, yell. Irrationally but, furious. Yeah. when I see I tell, I'm like, hey, there. put your phone away, and like, you know, they'll, they'll put it away. I had a guy right in front. They have movie theaters now that like the back couple of rows are reserved God, for no, text messaging. No. It's so weird. I'm okay with that. Like, go back there. You're not going to bother me if I'm in front of you. Like, cool.
0: It, it just strikes me as weird. Like, and I see it too in everyday life. Like people will watch people watch TV over their cell phones now. Yeah. Like, are you even watching the show? Right. Like yeah, you, yeah. If not, I'll put something else on. And yeah. We won't watch TV at all. But like something you know, to be I mean, said
3: for sitting for 22 minutes and watching something. And it's hard
0: to do. It's weird. It's a strange thing. It never used to be this hard. I I love The Sopranos. I must have watched every episode of The Sopranos like five times. Mm -hmm. But even now, when I watch it, 45 minutes to sit
3: down and not look at your phone in your house. People get And that's what you said last week. Like, like, I don't want to get on Netflix and watch a movie because I can't spend two hours... Sitting here. But then, you know, like five episodes in, it's like, oh, it's been three hours. Whoops. <laughs>
0: uh, before I get too far off track, I want to talk to you a little bit about your college experience. Uh, yeah. I had to do some research. Uh, you went to Cortland? Yes. And what you went to, for literacy, is what you went for?
3: Uh, yeah. Awesome? Yeah. Uh, it was, Uh, so so I went to MV for my first two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave my friends a hard time. You know, I graduated in two years and said, I have a degree <laughs> yeah. before you do who, who went to a four-year school, even though they're <laughs> yes. on the same track. It's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I went to SUNY Cortland uh, after those two years, and it was a dual major of English and education. English education. Uh, uh, and then I returned. Uh, it, it was kind of a great combination of the two. I got to go to MVCC's campus mm-hmm. and get the degree through Cortland. Uh, okay. So they had a, you know, they call it a satellite campus. Sure. Uh, they had some instructors there, and it was in literacy for my master's. Did year.
0: you enjoy Cortland?
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, And this is something I tell my students all the time, like, I did not get involved on campus as much as I should. Uh, I still had a job here. I worked at Gap uh, for nine years before it closed down in Sangatown Square.
1: Yeah. Sad news, I put in
3: my two week notice and then, you know, they just couldn't hold the place together after that. Our drummer, when I was playing
0: in the band back in the day, worked there very briefly. We also played a show at the Gap.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, we had you guys come in. I was not working during that day, but I came in for the visit. That was fun. My late friend Jay Wilhelm
0: was the drummer at the time and he briefly worked there. Yeah. Uh,
3: To this day, Probably
0: the single weirdest musical show I've, I've yeah. never. It's very strange. Very odd. It was yeah. a weird moment. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah. That's how uh, you guys ended up playing there because he had some yeah, connection. Yeah, he was good like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, it yeah. was I, it was great to um, to to be on campus at Cortland when I was there for my undergraduate. Sure. Uh, but I'd come home to work. I was mowing lawns, which was you know the the best job of my high school and and college years. Um, but uh, I I tell my students get involved on campus, yeah. you know. So I feel like I could have taken more advantage of that. I played intramural sports. Uh, I didn't I didn't do club volleyball, although I should have. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I had a good time there. Awesome.
0: Now after you got out with your degree, mm-hmm. uh, now you are working currently um, at Frankfurt as your high school English teacher. Right, um, Frankfurt Skyler. Frankfurt Skyler. A lot of
3: people great. cut it down, even people that work there, and like if you're from the area. Yeah. I like to give it, I like to give the Schuyler students some credit too, you know. It's sometimes a big, it's a big district. When I work at the restaurant sometimes and they say like this is from a farm
0: in Frankfurt and then someone will say no, it's a farm in Schuyler and they're like just yeah. pick one yeah, and it's just very, say it. it's, yeah.
3: Yeah. Actually one of my students yeah. uh um uh used to supply some of the beef there. Oh, nice. and, uh, yeah, nice. it's, it's right, it's right in that area. Uh, what was the I guess what I'm curious about it was what was the transition
0: like from getting the degree to getting the job? What was the struggle like? Because that's the thing that people were very curious about? Yeah, like,
3: um, for me, it was immediate. Uh, my undergraduate, yeah. so I went to school for four years. You can get a job uh, with the four years of schooling and then work on the masters. Sure. um so yeah. that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I knew uh, I was graduating in December. Um, I had to do an extra semester for student teaching Um, as a transfer student they Mm -hmm. they require you to do that Um, so I was graduating December 23rd and starting a job right after Christmas break uh, January 2nd Um, that was when I was at Whitesboro Um, so I went back there Mm -hmm. so the strangest part you're asking about the transition it was very strange that I got the job, sure. Um, but it helped that I was a student there and I had connections there. Mm-hmm. I actually took over for my high school English teacher oh, nice. uh, And uh, Laura Weimer, she was Miss Candela. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so she put in the good word, I got the job there. Um, so it was immediate. media. I knew that when I was graduating, I was mm-hmm. going right there. Um, but it was, it was really tough. Uh, and we were talking about the, the beard and the facial hair before. I showed up. And, uh, you know, I was 20, 21 years old and I was teaching 18 and 19 year olds in the same class and they have to dress up for football or yeah. basketball or whatever. So, you know, if they're up in the front of the class giving a presentation and I'm sitting in the back, like, you know, grading and taking notes and watching it. And somebody walks into the classroom, and they're like, well, who's in charge here? Even if I am up front, they're like, Where, where's the teacher in this room? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. So that was part of the reason that I grew a beard, uh, was to, to look a little bit older. Um, and that's something that my dad said when he was uh, yeah. in the business world, too. That's what he did. Uh, you do, Even without the beard, I can see you might have a little bit of baby face. Thing yeah, though. yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, it was a scraggly
0: uh, old man's face, so I have to cover <laughs> up with a beard. It's sort of a dual purpose. Right, right? You makes do it anything. look better. Yeah. Yeah. You're a
3: handsome guy, though. I do the best
0: I can. Yeah. Um, well, listen. I, I I appreciate that you are doing the teaching gig. I grew up in a family of teachers. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. going back to school for the. I have a bachelor's degree, but I'm in the process of going back for my master's for it. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of trying to reignite the flame to go back for teaching. I'm. Cool. We can get into that some other time. That's a yeah. longer discussion. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate that you're, that you're doing it because I think uh, teaching in general is a bit of an underappreciated field over the last 20 years. My mm-hmm. mom grew up as a – my mom was a first grade teacher in an era when you didn't have to get a master's. You got, you got a bachelor's from Geneseo right. and got immediately hired and then just happened to be working for 50 years, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. – um, but I saw – you know, it, she was well-respected – but I spent a lot of times in schools and you could see a lot of younger teachers sort of being mm-hmm. squeezed and the job changing. Yeah. But it doesn't mean the job is any less important. Like whether or not you have thoughts about where the position of teaching mm-hmm. in terms of today's to where it was 20 years ago, yeah. the job itself is no less important. Those people imprint on your lives. Yeah. You remember yeah. important teachers who got you excited about learning. I still right. think about those teachers, yeah, right? Yep, same with me. Um, it just feels – feel I feel bad for these people because I don't feel like they are – properly compensated or respected for what they do especially now right
3: so, yeah. well yeah there's i mean there's a huge argument about you know like uh minimum wage of mcdonald's workers working the same uh, getting yeah. the same amount yep. of money as like emts who are saving yep. your life and and you know how much people in the army make and this mm. and that um, but then there's also the argument of, like professional athletes get millions of dollars and mm. they're just playing a sport. But you know teachers are important and nurses and doctors mm. and, and all in general, that.
0: almost everybody's a little bit underpaid, right? Yeah. In, in general, well, like we all like <laughs> a little <laughs> more?
3: You know, or um, everything's too expensive. It's one or the other. Right. Like somewhere along the way. Uh, but for me, I um, I remember the teachers who made a yeah. difference in my life. Uh, I remember sitting in my tenth grade English class. I had uh, Mr. Gazitano mm-hmm. or, or Gazetano. <laughs> uh, I took science fiction my senior year because I knew that he was going to be my yeah. teacher. Yeah. Uh you know so so I have a, you know I could tell you every grade some story uh and you know also on the other end of the spectrum the other teachers that you could tell just you know were burned out or yeah. you know for some reason they hated kids. Mm-hmm. Why were they a teacher? Uh and you know yeah, it's, for, the wrong for whatever reason yeah. it is <laughs> and you know that's that's the whole thing um but I, you know, people talk about the system is, is, is terrible and, and the issues that we're having and Common Core and all mm. that, and there are a lot of things to talk about with that, but um, I show up because mm. of the students, sure. you know, because it's, it's tough, and I, I referenced it before, you know, like, we're there for 40 minutes to learn whatever it is, mm. um, but, you know, also there's so much more going on in life yeah. you know and it's not just mm. like hey sit down be quiet this is how you use a comma exactly you know it's it's so much more and I try to approach them as people and, and respect sure. them and I think that that's why I've never had any issues with students and, sure. and uh, as a new young teacher it's been 10 years since I graduated mm. you know it's a, it's I'm not the young teacher yeah. anymore but I have uh, no
0: proof of this but I do assu- I do assume that students relate to someone a little bit younger as yeah. well so yeah. like I felt like I did I related to the teachers who I felt treated us more like yeah. equals as opposed to like no this is this is this right I mean,
3: so. Yeah it's yeah. You, no matter what situation you're in you treat somebody with respect you treat them like a person yeah. that's great like mm-hmm. yes I am the teacher in front of the classroom but we're all people here and it's important to recognize you know they they go home and they you know some some of my students have have children mm-hmm. I don't have that responsibility. I don't know what that's like. So if you know, if they show up and it's like, Hey, where's your homework? Like how dare you not do these five problems, it's like, well, you know, this was happening at home, whatever it may be. I talk a lot about this with my boss at
0: the campus, and Mm -hmm. it's just you really can't know what goes on when you're not there. And it's important to keep that in mind in all things. Like, you know, maybe they are having a bad day, maybe they're not interested today but there's probably a reason for that. Right. You might not know the answer, and it's yep. important to gauge that before you dig in. Yeah. We could talk about this all day. I'm getting a feeling. So, yeah, yeah. so why don't we move on to the other thing that you are involved in, and that is a TEDx Utica event. Again, coming up September 9th. You are one of the organizers for this event. How did you get involved with TEDx?
3: Uh, well, actually, my wife, um, Jordan, she mm-hmm. uh, she was involved with TED originally. Yeah, and um, I see her all over the place. She's a, a Utica socialite. I see her. Every yeah, day. yeah. So, <laughs> so she was involved, and also um, this year it's September tenth. September tenth. Yes, we've been doing uh, we've been doing Fridays so for that. the last uh, last uh, I believe this is the fifth year, um, and that's actually a mistake that I made. I, I was uh, getting the the travel arrangements for one mm. of our speakers from Pennsylvania. Sure. Uh, and and uh, I, in an email I typed the nine. Because we've always done Friday. Um, and it's been a nighttime event, and people have enjoyed that. But we want to give people mm. um, kind of more of an opportunity to sure. chat after. Yeah, because um, we always go out as the organizers and the and the speakers, hmm. and if people want to come and talk to some of the speakers, uh, instead of you know being kind of shoot out the door at MV and it's like hey meet us at the Green Onion, yeah, uh, or you know wherever else, um, it's it's nice that uh, this year it's going to be at noon, yeah, um, and you know we're going to end around four or five o'clock, so that gives people an opportunity to, to kind of hang out after. Yeah, I remember uh, we we did part of the event last year. We
0: attempted to yeah. do the live podcast from the lobby out yeah. there. This was now I'm trying to do the math in my head. I want to say this is episode number eight. We're episode sixty, so I okay. think that's about right. Yeah, you interviewed um,
3: Lana Nitty. Uh, we interviewed a lot of people 52, that day. Fifty-two, I think it was. Uh, well, Lana, Lana she could, came back. Right, she came
0: back. Yeah. I, I met Lana, uh, who I also see a lot at the campus. Mm-hmm. She's a fascinating person. Mm-hmm. When during our interview, again, probably could have gone on another yeah. twenty-five minutes. That was great. I, I listened to it today, you know, yeah, she's, just to but that, yeah, that was a great interview. Uh, but that moment was interesting. We were still sort of in the early stages of the podcast mm-hmm. but this TEDx thing presented it to us in a way where I I was so fascinated by it. I didn't exactly know what we were doing so I was very nervous and stressed yeah. out on and yeah. our end, we had so much stuff yeah, to do yeah. and it wasn't until we actually sat down and started the process and this uh, these rows and rows of fascinating people came and talked mm. to us and I just learned all these wonderful stories and I'm like wow I, my, mm-hmm. my concerns about like Audio
3: stuff. I don't even care anymore. I'm just so fascinated right. by all these people. Yeah, you you guys did a fantastic job. Nah, it was nice nah, nah. to. Well, it's it's good to work together. You know, yeah, cause, yeah. Uh, uh It was it was great to have you guys there. We're, we're hoping that yeah. you're going to come back again this uh, year. We'd like to. We're, yeah, we, we can hash that out after. Yeah, work, we've too. been yeah. in talks, and yeah. you know, the people who are in charge of that from from TEDx are reaching yeah. out to you. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a great interview, and and I was kind of in charge of like you know wrangling them mm-hmm. and getting them the certain amount of time with you. So so. Um, well, what do you think? Uh, what's the big? What was the big draw for this event? Like who. Who thought that this was
0: the... It seemed to draw a lot of people last year, and I'm really hoping yeah. that people again come this year. Yeah. Where did the basis for this start? Because I don't... I, Ted, TED as a concept sort of was foreign to me up until like 2010, right. I want to say. And yeah. even then it was something small. And all yeah. of a sudden, I, I saw so many people interested in it.
3: Well, originally, so, so TED stands for Technology, Education, and mm. Design. Uh, and originally it was this idea that uh, people should get together to sure. hear experts mm-hmm. talk about these things. Since then, it's exploded to you know, anything that can be talked about on right. the Sun. Um, it's really essentially people sharing their big ideas. Yeah. That's what Ted's mm-hmm. about. They have a global conference. They have uh, official conferences you know, yearly um, that people have to apply mm-hmm. to go to. Um, but the reason that TEDx Utica uh, is here, the X stands for uh, an independently operated yes. TED event.
0: Mm. Which is a fascinating thing in its own. You should really go to um, the website and check it out. I read a little bit yeah. about the process of how this all works. Very right. interesting. So. Yeah,
3: we're, we are uh, TEDxUtica.com, mm. um, but you can find the, the greater organization of TEDx online. Um, but the reason that Utica is here is Ryan Miller. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm he, very familiar with him. Yeah, he's, <laughs> uh, he's part of the Two Timers uh, Club, I believe. Yes, uh, he... He could, he's almost probably about due to be for three timers. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah. Um, so so he, he was really the guy that said, like, you know what, this is cool. And, and he was into it and he brought it here. Um, so, so he's the reason that it is here. Um, but the reason that I think it's done so well is that our community is looking for mm. these big ideas. Um, to to apply. This was you know four or five years ago that, yeah. that he brought it here, mm-hmm. uh, and you know not a lot of people were on the bandwagon of change, and and you know still kind of downtrodden about the the Utica area.
0: Yeah,
2: um,
3: sure. but we've always had great things here, mm-hmm. uh, and this is you know putting a microphone in front of him. Mm-hmm. This is giving him a stage to stand on and, and talk about it, and it's not just. People from Utica getting up there and saying, yeah, you know, this is what I'm doing. Uh, Lana Nitty was was fantastic. Lana Lead, uh, talking about lead poisoning. Yeah, she's great. Um, doing everything here in the Utica area from, from New York City originally. Right. Um, Michelle Truitt did very well last year mm. talking about yeah. Utica. Um, we have all these people, but they're, they're also individuals that we don't know... What they're doing, and they're from this area, and it's interesting mm-hmm. to hear their story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, last year, um, my wife reached out to a woman. Uh, she she saw a blog post on Refinery Twenty Nine, sure, uh, and it was the story about this this girl, um, Grace Kim. Oh yes, and I mean, uh, we, <laughs> she was uh, something special. Yeah, she was fantastic. She was fascinating, Standing man. ovation, uh, yeah, laughter, um, tears, everything within her. You know, twelve fifteen minutes talk. Yeah. It is not to downplay any of the other people I met during that interview, right.
0: but. Grace Kim <laughs> yeah. was she. She was almost a professional in how confident and her story, and how much she believed in everything she was saying. She was yeah. she was fascinating, fascinating and that, woman, and
3: that was her first time yeah. talking in front of an audience. It was crazy. That was part of her story, being selectively mute from age three to you know twenty three. And an amazing um, story. That's so. That's the idea. The the. Bringing big ideas. Sure. Um, and last year, uh, it was one square block was our theme, mm-hmm. talking about you know whether it is an actual block of a, of a city or or one idea that somebody has and it grows. Um, and this year, our, our theme is spark. Mm-hmm. What is what is it that you know generates a spark to ignite other things sure. or to you know kind of jumpstart things or get other things going? Mm-hmm. Um, so, really, we're with TEDx Utica, We're hoping to kind of inspire our local audience mm-hmm. uh, to, to do things, to be a part of this change, um, to kind of get with the movement that's making this area mm-hmm. a better place. And, you know, what we've been hearing about for, for years and years of how we're improving uh, is happening now. Yeah. And we're
0: getting like-minded people together. Yeah. And I hope that keeps going forward. And uh, I'm very excited for this event again, Saturday, September 10th uh go to com slash attend that's where i found the website yeah, yeah. um let me uh before i've taken up a lot of your time today i i appreciate you coming in uh i do have some lightning round questions sure. to go with uh before you at the end here so let's start off with the first one uh what what uh, yeah blah, i need to talk better uh let's start with the first one how do you take your coffee i don't you don't drink
3: coffee uh yeah don't drink coffee tea nothing uh i'll drink tea but like uh, no not regularly like that's huh. like uh, hey it's a cold day like a bowl of soup or you know a cup yeah, of, sure. of tea sure but uh no i don't drink it no caffeine no yeah it's good for you yeah i uh i wish i ate breakfast more regularly <laughs> too, actually. Uh, in the school <laughs> year the most but, forgotten uh, meal yeah yeah i uh, i See, don't drink coffee
0: it's only crazy to me because you're a teacher if mm-hmm. someone said
3: to me yeah i don't drink coffee that's right. fine yeah. But because
0: you're a teacher yeah. and you don't drink coffee. Well, I
3: tell first period, I'm like, you know, if you guys were here later in the day, it would be a bit more animated. But, you know, yeah. we're all on the same page. You know, it's very tough for a student to wake up at uh, 8 a.m., yeah. to be there at 8 a.m. You know, some of them, they wake up at 5.30 oh, yeah. and get their day going. I'm like, if you're morning people, that's great. No, I like not. to wake up, you know, naturally as the body does oh, yeah, uh, no, I'm with, with, with the sun. I'm with you on that, my yeah. man. Uh, all right, what was your first car? 1996 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Ooh, yeah.
0: fancy. limited edition. Though, see, 96 era Jeeps. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones I like.
3: I see new Jeeps, yeah. I don't care for them. No. I like the boxy look. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was boxy. It was great. Aesthetics uh, were hot. Yeah, I did yeah. like that. <laughs> All right. So, in your Jeep Cherokee, what did you? Uh, Where did you drive that to your first concert? It was uh, at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center, and I know you're thinking Dave Matthews. I'm band. I'm not thinking Dave Matthews Band. Me yet. either. <laughs> uh, it was Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Yeah. Who? It was exactly it was uh, it was actually a 50 Cent concert, uh, yes. but Mike Jones oh, was, like, so it was like it was like 50 Cent, oh, Olivia, uh, Lil Jon and the Eastside Boys, yes. Uh, yes. a whole bunch of people were there. Ludacris was oh, on Luda. the same Yo. stage. Ludacris puts on a show. Yeah, yes. he really does. Uh, so Mike Jones was the opening act, and uh, I got there like. On his last eight bars mm. and he was like, All right, thanks, see ya, and like, you know, then I got the, the whole thing.
0: This might be a five percent reference, but if you look in my cell phone, mm-hmm. there is a listing that just says who question ah. mark and it is Mike Jones's. Two eight one three three oh zero foe. I used to work at a record yeah. store, so I remember putting that on the thing. Fantastic. I called him. You go- <laughs> Yeah. Uh, give me one book, one album, or one movie
3: you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Uh, I would love to say that I'm reading mm. as an English teacher. It's tough yeah. uh, to find time. Yeah, there's one There's one on the shelf that I was looking at, but I want to talk about Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Everybody's man. been talking about it. I started it, and uh, I'm on episode two now. Yeah, I just finished it last night, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, after
0: I, I like... This is going to go off into a different tangent, and I hope it doesn't, but... Yeah. I like shows and events that people tend to watch together yeah right yeah. Uh, which is the reason I love sports reason I like award shows Reason mm-hmm. I'm sort of like in the Olympics which we can get to in a yeah. second uh, the fact that so many people I knew were really enjoying this show it mm-hmm. did sort of feel like something I wanted to be involved yeah in. yeah. Um, and I won't give you any spoilers we are going to talk about it later right. on in the episode of the podcast okay. but we're not going to do spoilers for that either yeah. but uh I just love the feelings that the show creates. Yeah, yeah. Great I'm nostalgia. Not,
3: I'm not a horror guy. Uh, you no, know, me neither. Really, thriller maybe. Uh, like I, I like to kind of mentally trick myself and say it's a mystery. Sure. So that way, I'm not as nervous. You know, this watching show, the show.
0: Well, this show lends itself to not having it be spoiled. It is sort of a mystery. If mm-hmm. you, spoilers exist for this show for right. a reason. Like it's not. No one's spoiling Friends, okay? Right, you know yeah, what I mean. Like yeah. even if it was on live, it's yeah. like, oh, here, here's the Friends. Yeah. Are they gonna get together or not? Okay, yeah. with this show, which they're... last week
3: you spoiled for anybody, Friends, you yeah. didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you held back on the prestige though. <laughs> You were, you said you wanted to spoil, or maybe that was before with Lana. But one of the episodes you said you wanted to spoil, I something. Wanted to spoil something. The Prestige but... is so good that is like my one of my top three movies.
0: Uh, I will give you uh, a very quick anecdote about the Prestige. I used to have a friend whose dad had a big giant theater style TV in his basement. And we'd mm. go there all the time to watch whatever the hot movie that his dad had purchased. Yeah. And at the time, he had purchased two movies: The Prestige yeah. and The Departed. I had never okay. seen either of them. We yeah. watched them in back to back sessions. Wow. Watched The Departed, uh, yeah. and I thought to myself this is pretty good yeah. it's not as good as I expected it to be okay. I'm a
3: little disappointed right But
1: There's
0: it's still a pretty hype good. around it it was 2006 it was, yeah. like, it was the movie he won Academy Award it yeah. was a big yeah. movie right prestige I had very minimal mm-hmm. like I almost didn't even want to watch it yeah. and I was yeah. like ah, I just watched
3: the whole movie right. I was blown away by that film yeah. that's a movie where not it's, a great, it's I've, a great movie I very rarely like to say my favorite something mm. so you know I'll say this is top three um but it's fantastic. It's yeah, it's yeah. just a great story. Some people don't like the idea of like uh, you know disbelief and and you know is this plausible? Um, but like that's that's cool. You're telling a story, you know. It's, and I think it's better to go into a movie when it's when like you have no expectations. When yeah, you think yeah. it's gonna be terrible, and it's like you know it's it's average. So you're like, hey, that wasn't
0: bad. Plausibility in general is really on a person to person basis, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, I think about it with like superhero movies. Like I went to go see the X Men movie. I yeah. can, I can suspend my disbelief. That this person has mutant powers right but i can't suspend my disbelief when they change something from the comic and i'm like that's not how this works you can't just do that right like that's where i am but going into that like you
3: you know this is like i don't i wouldn't say science fiction you know you know this is a comic book you know like so like somebody can lift up you know a tractor trailer with a pinky you (laughs) know so like you expect that i expect yeah
0: uh and and last thing besides tedx and teaching Mm Uh, What is something else you're passionate about? I'm getting an idea from your shirt. Yeah, yeah.
3: (laughs) Definitely uh, the Olympics. Uh, I have really enjoyed the Olympics. My earliest memory was 1996. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was sleeping at my grandparents' house. And uh, they tucked me in, as grandmothers do. It was very nice. Oh yeah. Uh, but I, I, got out of bed and I like, I like tiptoed over and then I crawled mm-hmm. and I poked my head around the corner and I watched the television of the 1996 Atlanta yeah. uh, Olympics. And I remember that it was diving. Diving. Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah. And um, you guys have talked a lot about the Olympics. Um, the last week you said uh, that you know Kevin would have the advantage. In water polo, in water polo because he could touch the bottom of the pool, and that you can't. You can't touch no, the bottom. No, that's the rule. Capri we gotta, were wrong. Yeah. See, uh, you got to tread water the whole time. We're trying because that was my thing about water polo. Yeah.
0: Because again, I don't look up any of the rules. I just right. try and determine them yeah, yeah. from watching the game. Yep. I think I
3: figured out how to play yeah. handball. I fencing. I still have no idea what I'm. I love that. handball. It's fantastic. But and I was really I like I was disappointed, and then you redeemed yourselves. So I was I was very disappointed <laughs> in you. I think this is when Cliff was on. Uh, you said like what? Are you, what are you looking forward to? Top three, and you said like basketball, soccer, and gymnastics. Yeah. Uh, or track yeah. and field. Like, but you know what? Last week you redeemed yourselves, and you said you watch basketball all the time. You see soccer all the time. Well, that's true. That's kind of what happened. I did yeah. get
0: myself prepared to get excited for the men's uh, men's yeah. team and the women's soccer teams because I love soccer. Yeah. I love soccer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but again, soccer has in Olympics already.
3: It's called yeah. the World Cup. Right. And they, I guess they don't even
0: send their best players no, on some don't. of these teams. They so don't. like
3: and they is there don't care. There's some sort of curse with uh, the if you the women's team is out you know they uh, if you win the world cup you don't win the olympics but again curse.
0: with the women's team mm-hmm. this is the least it sounds terrible to say it's not a knock at the olympics but this yeah. is the least important major team yeah. international soccer yeah. thing you can win yeah. like yeah. mexico won for the the men's mexican team won the olympics in 2012 mm-hmm. they barely made the world cup and got knocked out in the first like, it yeah. just shows
3: that the Germanys and Spain's of right. the world
0: don't take it very well, seriously.
3: Well, it's like, so, I yeah. think Kevin said this last week, you know, like, this is, it used to be so much more yeah. on a global yeah. competition, because they didn't have them, you know, in the yeah. 60s or in the yeah. 20s, and, and, you know, now they do. So. I'll, leave you, I'll leave you on this one, and we, we don't
0: have to get too far into this if you want. I'm a big World Cup guy, I mm-hmm. love soccer, you're obviously a big fan of the Olympics. Do you, like me, struggle with the transparent? Controversies and, like, illegal activity presented by the larger bodies at work. Uh, like, IOC and FIFA,
3: I guess, in okay. theory. Like. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's that's tough, but um, I... I struggle sometimes with it. Yeah, it's, it's like all things, um, you want it to be true, you yeah. want it to be pure, um, but I like to take the approach of the athletes going to the games. Sure. You know, yeah. uh, I read something. Uh, one of the rowers on the on the U.S. team said, "Like, yeah, yeah this the water is is infected and diseased. Uh, you yeah. know, there there are a whole bunch of issues, but like, they've worked their whole yeah. lives to get there to do this. Mm. So, like, yes, we can complain yeah. about it, and I think." You know, now that we're here, it should be a separated conversation. Yeah. It's nice to, to to speculate and talk about that, but these people work their whole lives to get here. Yeah. And that's what we should be focusing and on. That's the passion. Sort of, and that's sort of what happens, right? Even yeah. even to the World
0: Cup and the same kind of thing. Like I I know FIFA is a terribly corrupt organization. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take away from the fact Seth
3: Bladder, is that his name? The guy He was the guy. Yeah, he, he was the Sepp,
0: guy. <laughs> Seth Bladder is as close as I've ever seen to anybody being an actual real life James Bond villain. Looks okay. just like yeah, what you'd yeah, yeah. expect a James yep. Bond villain look like. Yeah. Uh, but again, I know that FIFA's corrupt. Mm-hmm. I know that they're all about sponsorship and yeah, yeah, corporate yeah. money, but yeah. at the end of the day, I love the sport and when you right. and that's the and that is the place where soccer players and football players yeah try the hardest because it right. means the most and that's where you see that kind of
3: passion. And so. it stinks and it stinks because like you could involve yourself with that but it's really more like you're there to, to watch a game and they show up and p- to play the game. Yeah. So you can take it at that level or you can go deep into it and, and you do dissect it but you don't have to. Uh... Saturday,
0: September 10th,
3: TEDx Utica. Go to TEDxUtica.com
0: for information. Uh, tickets are on sale now. It is first come, first served. We so sell out every single sell year. Out every time I've Got to get there. Andre, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank, Thank you for coming you. on and spending time with us. We'll be back in just a moment. andre short you can go to tedxutica.com for ticketing details for the upcoming event september 12th 12 p.m to 5 p.m MVCC's beautiful schaefer theater all right let's move on to um, this week's non-segment as i always call it uh, and today i know it's been real heavy today talking about depression talking about education with andre with some pretty serious stuff uh, so i didn't want things to get too heavy so guys we're gonna have a little bit of fun today uh, every... every Finally. Final, yeah, right? A little bit of fun today. Jeez. So, all right, what I have here, and the viewers, uh, well, the listeners can't see it, I have all four of the brand new Lay's potato chips passport to flavor varieties. Uh, so excited. Yeah, for those of you who don't know. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm a huge snack nerd. I've talked about it a lot in the show. I get it from my dad. When, my dad, when we were growing up, whenever there'd be like a commercial for something on TV, like a new candy bar or a new something at the fast food restaurant, he'd always want to go try it. I don't know why, it's just like one of his weird things. And over the years, I've kind of taken that mantle on. Like whenever Taco Bell has some new item, I feel like I need to go try yeah, yeah. it. Or whenever there's a new chip. Or uh, we talk a lot about Polar Seltzer on the show, which Andre Short brought us a bottle of Polar Seltzer, Good. which is very nice. Of Good it. man. I know, nice guy. No one ever brings us gifts. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, so uh, last year we did the Lay's potato chips, where people send in ideas. Is that what it is? I think so. Yeah, send in ideas for chips, and then you try them out. So. Um, I feel like they're kind of running out of ideas. Right off the bat, looking at the four varieties, which are Greek tzatziki, uh, Chinese Szechuan chicken, uh, Indian tiki masala, and Brazilian Pecana, which I assume is some sort of barbecue, looks like. It says no, steak and chimichurri sauce. Steak and chimichurri sauce. Uh, I got to tell you the truth. I'm not... I don't love the prospect of any of these potato chips. And none of these <laughs> particularly strike me as being any good. I know you were excited to get snacks, Cliff, but d- yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, boy. You know what? No, no, no. I'm gonna remain positive about these. I, uh,
0: I'm going with the Indian first. It, Can so we you, start there? You want to start? Right, so wait. Before we start, so let's take a prediction of the four flavors ahead of us: yes. Indian tiki masala, Chinese Szechuan chicken, Greek tzatziki, and Brazilian steak and chimichurri sauce. Uh, which one do you predict will be the best, Cliff? Uh, the Greek, to be honest with you.
1: Greek tzatziki. Yes. Yeah, probably yep. the Greek, I'm yeah. thinking. You're thinking the Greek is yeah.
0: well? probably the Greek. I think yep. there's an important caveat the Greek one is a weighty lays, which I'm a big Ooh, fan of. So yeah, the ridges hold the
2: flavor. Yeah, everybody knows that. <laughs> it's <laughs> true. That's science. It's true. It's not just yeah. a marketing. My thing no. is like
1: all the rest of these are like supposed to taste like chicken or steak or something right. like that, mm. whereas the tzatziki is just kind of a flavor. Yes. I feel like that'll be an easier mm-hmm. flavor to impart and it's a little bit more of an intuitive flavor for a mm. chip. My immediate thought on these items is that 3 of the 4 flavors the uh, the brazilian
0: one the chinese one and the indian one are all on items that traditionally would be served hot you would eat uh-huh. them hot right mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm a little disconcerted that the flavor of these items will not transition to a potato chip because it's not going to be hot. So we should microwave the bags. We should microwave the... No, I don't think we don't even have, <laughs> have <laughs> a microwave. You know this. All right, so let's start. Let's get into it. Let's start with the uh, Indian tiki masala. All right. All right, fire All right. them up. Fire them up. Oh yeah, oh, fresh. Yes. Sound fresh bag smell. Come on, let's give it. What oh, are your thoughts you on the smell? Oh
2: man, no, that's a pretty accurate smell. No, it smells just like yeah. it. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna try it. Let's do it. Let's see what's going on there. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. All right. On immediate taste, I'm going to tell you right now, I think my theory stands. This tastes just like tiki masala. It's actually very on brand. I wish it were hot and poured over chicken and rice. It does not translate to me as a chip flavor that I necessarily want to eat. Mm. It's not, I'll tell you what though, it's not as bad as my first thought was going to be. I had a feeling this was going to be uh, sneaky terrible and it's actually not not so bad.
1: It just tastes like, I feel like it tastes like cheddar and sour cream with a little bit of extra something in there. Curry. It's yeah. About it, with just a little curry, bit curry. curry. Yeah. 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 Cheddar
0: and sour
2: cream with a touch of curry. They got out of this one easy. That's uh, all they all right. did. Yeah. They changed on, the bag. Uh, on a grade scale, what do you give it at first taste? Uh, I'm going to go six out of ten. Grade
0: six scale? out of ten? Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll say save five and a half out of ten. Whoops. This doesn't really, this doesn't, yeah, like it doesn't me. blow your mind. It doesn't blow my mind. Yeah. 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 Okay. All, all right. right. No good. Right, what's up next? next? All right. Next one. Oh, by the way, we should point out those ones were the kettle cooked ones. So I had high hopes that kettle cooked would help. True. It didn't help all that much. No.
3: No. All, all right.
0: Dad, not If you love this flavor, you're
2: in, I guess. All right.
0: Just order it. Chinese Szechuan chicken. This is mm-hmm. flavor number two. Mm-hmm. Uh oh man. <laughs> oh, oh man! I gave, oh, I gave no. it a smell, and I gotta tell you, I'm already not impressed. Aye. Oh boy! Yeah. It smells. It smells you like. You see the faces. It smells like the beef flavoring you would get in a pack of ramen noodles. Oh man! Oh, there's and,
2: nothing good about this smell.
0: That's weird.
1: It tastes like ramen noodles. It tastes it like. Does. It tastes like ramen noodles. It tastes exactly like ramen noodles. Yeah, yeah. It's a beef ramen noodle flavor. Um, somehow, so somehow the chicken potato ooh. chip. Is a beef flavor. Mm. Yeah, it, yeah, it's weird. A yes. little bit of spice on the back end. Yeah, give it a minute.
0: Oh yeah. You it know what? I gotta tell you, I don't hate this as much now that I've given it a couple seconds as I did when I smelled it. This could have been much worse. I feel like the smell was sketchy. And I'll, ta- I'll, and I'll tell you what. Right now, I would take this over the tikka masala one. They smell sweet, which you is do. weird. Yeah, they yeah. do. Ugh. Yeah. Mm. I live without. It. It's I'll still it burning a, though. I'll give it a six point five. I, it's a little more impressive Ooh. to me. Yeah, I, I don't I hate it. I, would,
1: I think I would take the tiki masala over this.
0: You take the tiki masala over? No, I think so. These? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. we,
1: we'll have open bags
0: of chips
2: at the end of this that we're not gonna know what to do with. Okay. Yeah, Someone's yeah, yeah. Have to going to the squirrels. All right,
0: so we're moving on to Brazilian picana slash steak and chimichurri sauce. I gotta tell you the truth, I don't particularly like chimichurri in general. I think it's just I couldn't uh, tell you. It, it's it's a really vague thing like chimichurri. It mm. could be a million things. Like what is yeah. it? What does it even mean? Yeah, I don't know. Here, go ahead, give it a smell. Mm-hmm. All right uh it, didn't smell it didn't doesn't smell much doesn't smell like, like anything. anything yeah it smells like a bag of chips um that's a hard flavor mm. to identify i don't mm. know how to it's not bad it's not bad this is the leader in the clubhouse right now i think yeah um Brazilian piana coming up yeah yeah it's actually not bad. Taste the beef mm-hmm. in the chimichurri yeah this is think. actually this is surprisingly good mm-hmm. surprisingly good leader in the clubhouse for sure leader for in the clubhouse
2: There's no spice to, like, drown
0: everything else
1: out. No spice. Yeah. It seems like it
0: would have been easy to them to just throw spice in it. It's a little more
1: subtle. This is the first one out of the three that we've tried so far where I can also taste the chip and not just the flavor of the chip.
0: Nice nuance, Lays. Yeah, good good work. Yeah, Yeah. hey. All right. Okay, so let's move on to the one that we all predicted would be the best, which is the wavy... Greek tzatziki dip. Chip. Don't
2: let me down now.
0: I feel like I'm gonna get let down now, right? Yeah, right. I feel like there's a
2: possibility that we're gonna get let I'm down. Not. Here. They gotta have that little hint of cucumber in there, it a little like creaminess. Tzatziki. I feel like this is gonna work out for us. Okay. Smell. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Tastes exactly oh, like tzatziki. We're in here. And yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. The wavy lays.
0: Yep. Well, I'll tell you what. We knew it. This is a winner. Do you by know far. what this? Yeah, this is a winner. Uh, I'll tell you why this is the winner. It reminds me, at least growing up. Do you remember the dill pickle flavored potato chips? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It has a little bit of the dill pickle potato chip vibes to it as well. I agree. Um, yeah, all right. So, I'm going to say we didn't we didn't give the score to the to the chimichurri one, but I'm going to say Greek number 1, Greek tzatziki number 1. Yes. Brazilian uh number 2. Yes. And then we're in debate about the tiki masala and the sesame chicken. We'll
1: give them a tie. A tie for third. The definitely third and fourth are definitely way behind the pack. Yeah, exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. Definitely some space between whichever one is number three and the number two, the Brazilians. Yes. You know what? I gotta tell you. Now that I'm eating it, I might take the
0: Szechuan chicken, or the the Brazilian one, over the tzatziki. Wow.
1: Yeah. Hot take. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the tzatziki flavor might uh, wear out its welcome. Yes. Pretty quickly. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seems like a lot. Yeah, alright, so there you go, the new four Lay's potato chip flavors. Do you ever just feel like they nailed it, like, with, like, the first, you know, 15 flavors? There's only, like, five potato, fl- potato chip flavors that matter. you need, exactly, right? yeah. Salt and vinegar. Yep. Sour cream and onion. Yes. Barbecue. Yes. Plain. Mm-hmm. Uh, some sort of cheese one, right? Yeah, sour, cream sour cream and cheddar. Right. cheddar sour cream cheddar, or nacho yeah. cheese, whatever right, yeah. your yeah. wheelhouse yeah. is. Yep. That's about it. I don't yeah. really care for Cool Ranch Doritos, and that's a hot take, but, like... That's not even, that's a different kind of chip. That's a whole different ballgame. yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, sometimes I wonder, it's like sodas, right? Like, you feel like they hit the original ones out of the park. There's the Cokes and Dr. Peppers and and Pepsis of the world. And then, like, every new soda that comes out, like, you know it's going to be trash. Like, when, when, like, Surge comes back, like, you know that Surge isn't going to go back into the top market share. It's not going to suddenly
2: become Coca-Cola. You watch your mouth. All right, don't say crazy things about Surge while I'm sitting right here. No, I actually haven't had a Surge since Surge came back, but... I did wander into a fast track the other day and purchase myself a delicious Crystal Pepsi.
3: Crystal Pepsi? I yes. saw it. yes. It's
0: bag, my friends. I I had never had one. I saw you. Yeah. You had it in your hand. We, yes. we met up by accident yeah. over in Bag Square and you were drinking it, and I asked you. How was it? And what did you, what did you tell me? Uh, probably that it was just trash. It's trash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hot trash. Yep. Yep. Which was really disappointing because I almost went immediately out to buy one. After yeah. I saw no, it.
2: I would recommend everyone go buy one because, uh, you know, do it. Who cares? You drink the same soda all the time. Yeah. Try something different. Uh, but it will not be good. Uh, <laughs> I don't guarantee that. Like, if you come across a $1.50 on the street and have no real use for it, grab yourself a Crystal Pepsi. That's fair. Yeah. I read a
0: horrible article about what soda does to your teeth a couple weeks ago, and yeah. I'm like horrified. I believe it. Yeah. Right. Uh, do we want to <laughs> talk about the Olympics at all? We talked about the Olympics a lot last week, and um, I... I feel like I don't have any new takes on the Olympics. Uh, I only have... T- I, I have three takes of the Olympics very quickly. One, Usain Bolt is the man. Always. Usain Bolt is pretty amazing. Uh, number two, I decided that if I have a kid, I hope he doesn't get he or she doesn't get into some sort of gymnastic or Olympic-type sport, because those parents seem to be really stressed out all the time. Every parent out there seems to be living through it worse than their children. Mm-hmm. That seems crummy. Uh, I wouldn't want that. Uh, although, I guess if my son was on the men's national basketball team or my daughter was on the women's national soccer team, that'd be pretty tight. I could yes. get even at it. Yeah. Uh, but in general, seems like there's a lot of stress. And then also, uh, sad wave goodbye to the U.S. women's national team losing to Sweden on penalty kicks, girls... We're still behind you. We yeah. Still love you, um, guys. Let's talk about a cultural phenomenon. Uh, we're going to talk briefly about Stranger Things. Uh, for those of you who have not seen the show, uh, I would really, I would really recommend you go watch. I it. I cannot give you a deeper recommendation. Yeah, it's a really yeah good for sure. Watch yeah, um,
2: Crystal, just a Crystal Pepsi and some Stranger Things, you <laughs> and, know, and, yeah. and, <laughs> some, and some
0: Szechuan chicken. And tomatoes, yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, my phone's ringing on the other studio. Uh, okay. But listen. I think what's important to talk about with Stranger Things with you two is I'd really like if we are going to talk about this to not get into spoiler territory. It's really easy. Okay. And this is a show that I think really ties into the fact that it's a mystery and there's yes. important stuff going on. Yes. Uh, but why do you think this show is getting such a
1: deep cultural like push? I think mean, a lot of people are talking about this show. Because it's so well done. Is, that, is it just the simple, yes. the fact
0: that it's well done?
1: It's because it's so well done. I mean, you can, of course, there's the, you know, every, every word that's been written about it will go back to the... They're relying on all these familiar tropes that people grew up with, because they call back to like all the different '80s movies and mm. shows and everything like that. And of course, that that's part of it there. But you know, a lot of people have tried to do like referential stuff like that before. But these are the first people. I mean, every single person involved knocks yeah, it out of the it's park. Really it's so well written. It's well shot. Every single actor is amazing. The kids who are actors in it are absolutely amazing. Which is tough. I, uh, yes, I think uh, the soundtrack is unbelievable. So good. Um, and I think also that it's only eight episodes helps it too. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easier to digest eight mm-hmm. hour long episodes than it is like, well, here's fourteen episodes. You know what I mean? Or, like it's just.
2: Yeah, or worse, like it's a. It's kind of like to me, Goonies meets the X Files, but it has resolution. It's mm-hmm. like I love the X Files, mm-hmm. but you could keep watching for as long as they're gonna make shows, and
0: you're not gonna get a lot of resolution. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. uh, well, look, I think, I think it's a it's a lot of things. One. It's a great point you bring up. The eight episodes thing is a really interesting model. It never felt like it was so big or long that it was unwatchable or, like, immense, right? Even when, like, even if you watch Netflix and they watch House of Cards, you drop House of Cards, it's 12 episodes of whatever it is, 45 minutes. That's a lot to take in. Yeah. You start getting to three or four episodes of that day, and you're like, oh, God, i got to mm. stop for a little bit. Or six or seven. I probably could have watched all eight of these strangers, if I had the day, I would have been more than content to watch all. Did you do it? You raised your hand. Yeah. You binge
1: watch the whole yes. show. Um. But I-, I also think it helps that uh, because it, it's focused around like a mystery and like some mysterious mm-hmm. situation. I think that draws people in more than just like oh, let's watch these characters do the stuff they do in their lives. Mm-hmm. It's I remember I, I remember you and me saying after like the third or fourth episode, this is one of the first times I can remember. Like with my cynical adult brain watching something and not knowing what was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I was truly along for the ride and it's very few and far between. For a show that gets uh for people say plays up to a lot of its tropes, I think it yeah,
0: it does and it doesn't. It does have a lot of familiar, uh, nostalgic throwback kind of character tropes. Uh kids are onto a mystery that no one else believes, yeah, yeah. but they're the smartest, blah blah blah. You know, I mean stuff like that. Um, but they don't always follow the common trajectory of where those tropes tend to lead so it continues to be engaging also the the homages and stuff to other things that's all fine and well and there are a ton a ton of homages to other things especially other things i really like but what i think is really important is not so much that they're making homages is that the people behind this the duffer brothers i don't remember their first two names i'm terrible at this uh they they have these influences in their head not so much that they're on a thing but the fact that they took in all this it's organic. Yes, yeah. organic. Yeah. Th- these things yeah. that left imprints on yeah. them and presented it to somebody else, uh, it also helps build that nostalgia, build that weird feeling of like something you're familiar with but is unfamiliar,
1: which also makes it a strange viewing experience. Yeah. When I was talking to my brother uh, yesterday, the other day or something, I the point that I made and something that you know that really has been resonating, Sam. I'm sure you see it mm-hmm. for sure. Um, even though Stranger Things is not a Stephen King story. Yeah, I have never seen uh like what what would be a Stephen King Mm -hmm. book, put to screen better. Like the way that they're doing it, it makes me wish that they had done it or The Stand or something because they did such a good job of telling a story the exact same way it would be in a Stephen King book that it was so overly familiar to me. And I like the fact that they didn't they respected the viewers enough to balance so many different perspectives and narratives and not like spoon feed it to you. You know what I mean? Like you're expected to be able to keep up with Mm -hmm. what three or four different sets of characters are doing without them having to, like, do all this exposition Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And it's really, you know, Mm -hmm. they respect a lot of their viewers to be a smarter viewing public. And as I said to you, as much as I wish this was an eight-part miniseries of It or The
0: Stand, because I love Stephen King... Part of me is kind of glad that it's like a new original, original yes. intellectual property Agreed. that just Agreed. happens to have the feeling of all these things that I love and care about, yeah. mm-hmm.
2: which is nice. We are so. all kind of low key science fiction fantasy nerds. Some of uh, us. No I, no. Really? no, I I hate fantasy. Really? It. Okay. What about science fiction, though? uh case by down. case yeah. but it's a
1: thin line i like yeah. science soft fiction
0: i like soft science fiction
2: okay because uh, we're uh, all big fans of the martian I, right that's you, how we kind of we, we first met and we first uh, got you
0: know here's the thing though i'm gonna give you an example of this that i'm gonna steal from my good friend uh long good friend of the podcast adam goldstein he uses this term to refer to game of thrones yes okay the Martian is soft fantasy. Yes. Soft fantasy. science fiction, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones is hard fantasy. Yeah. If you like Game of Thrones, you like fantasy. Yeah. If you like The Martian, you kind of like sci-fi, right. but you also like a well-conceived story, right? Yes. Like the the genre doesn't oversell the story, right? Like it's not a genre piece; it's a story that just happens to touch upon all sorts of yes. genres. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, well, so it's good that we kind of yeah. have a range and we all still like Stranger Things because I'm very much not a low key fantasy fan. Like,
0: no, mm-hmm.
2: I love that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but, it, but, you know, touching on what you were saying too, like it was nice to have a science fiction fantasy experience that was original because mm-hmm. I love Lord of the Rings and I love Game of Thrones, but man, I know those stories like inside no.
1: unbelievable yeah. and well, it's just, rough. that's, that's one thing too about Stranger Things is that there's, uh, something there for everybody. So for for a lot of people, so it covers a wide range, like Cliff, somebody like you, you really like fantasy, and there's a lot of elements of that in there. For me, what draws me to it more, I like uh, creepy stuff, horror stuff, yeah. mysteries, supernatural, that kind of thing, and there's plenty of that there for me as well. And there's, you know, all different, they do a great job of really taking from every different of the the major, large genres, mm. and so that there really is, you know, you could talk to ten different people who will say they love the show, and they'll probably give you ten different reasons why yeah. they like it, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, that was good. I think we got through... Go we'll uh, watch Stranger, Stranger Things. Yeah, uh, right I
2: think eight more episodes for next season is the rumor. So I've nice. inter- yeah. heard
1: yeah. that they're going to continue with the characters and the setting and everything from this season, which after watching all eight episodes, I'm very curious to see how... Because they wrapped up everything pretty well, yeah. I thought. So I'm interested to see how they're going to expand with these yeah. you know, same eight characters in the same universe. Do you guys want to make up some fake spoilers to stay at the end to scare people off of the show? Like just make up <laughs> some stuff that didn't happen?
0: <laughs> They're all dinosaur lizards. Everyone is a dinosaur <laughs> robot. About the Anunnaki. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, no, uh, guys, seriously, though, if you haven't watched it, uh, it it's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's, turn, it, it's your a really, yeah turn your phone off. Turn your phone off after this podcast and go watch at least one so episode. Soak it in. Get yourself some lathes. And I, I really think, and here's the thing, too, the show, if you watch one episode, you'll know whether you like it or not. Yep. You, you'll be able to tell immediately if it's something you're into, and I think most people will be. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, guys, great work today. Uh, thanks again, Andre Short. Uh, you can follow Cliff Montoni on Twitter at cmontoni. Maybe. Maybe. Once in a while. <laughs> Kev Sullivan. Yo. Underscore Kevin Sullivan on Twitter. That's me. Uh at sfdoom, send us email, udicast at gmail.com. Udicast.com. We will see you next week, guys. Good work. Good
2: work. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, geez.